members of the PHFFL. We are back. Episode three on the Race to Three podcast. Commissioner Conlon coming to you from Tuck's Pub, as always. And I tell you what, this has been a huge week in the PHFFL. So it was great having football back on TV last Thursday through the weekend. I don't know about you guys, but it just felt right. You know, I didn't know what to expect, not having fans in the stands, what it'd be like, how that would affect the watching on the TV experience. Didn't affect it one damn bit for me. I'll tell you that. I tell you that. Got to sit there. Got to drink beers. Watched it. Felt great. Felt awesome. If I could, I would just take it and I would inject it right into my veins. That's how much I liked it. So, I mean, tonight, like I said, we have a ton to talk about. Um, that means I'm going to try, I'm going to try to keep on schedule. I'm going to try not to ramble too much, but I think we're already, we're already off on that. So, uh, one thing it's just me tonight. So no, no, no co-host tonight. Mouth daddy did an awesome job. Like I do weekly. I, I have my weekly meetings where I sit down with the, with the Ed honchos at Spotify anchor, look at ratings. Guess what? We're still number one, still number one for any podcast covering the PHFFL. It feels good. Mouth daddy's episode was a success. He brought some good groundbreaking analysis. I liked it. We'll look to have him back on the show again soon. With that, you know how we always do it here on the Race 3 podcast. Time to crack cold one. Oh, yeah. That's right. You know it's the bush when you hear a sound like that. What the whistle. That is good. That is good. So let's just jump right into this here. So fully loaded show, like I said. We got to talk some transactions. There's been many transactions. Got to get in that mailbag. I got a long list of mailbag. We'll hop into that, try to knock some of that out quick. Then as always, you know we have to get into the meat of tonight's show. But before we get anywhere, you know, I got to bring those housekeeping items to you. One housekeeping item, one housekeeping item only, and it's the buzz kill. The big buzz kill. There's a couple, just a few of you yet that still need to pay. At $60 entry fee, get them to me. I tell you what, my connections now at Spotify and Anchor, um, I'm not saying what I'm not saying, but I think they might be connected. I think they might be connected. I could probably send someone and just come break your legs, pull your thumb. I don't know. We, we, we could figure it out, but just send those to me. Again, probably listen to it on a phone, pull it out, swipe around, find Venmo, Venmo me, 60 bucks. Life will be good. You'll be happy. I'll be happy. League will be happy. Uh, with that, I mean, shit, let's go ahead and just get right into these transactions. Transactions. All right. I tell you what, with the amount of movement that happened within the Powerhouse Fans Football League this week, the transactions, it could have its own episode this week. That could be an hour long episode. So I'm going to do the best I can. We had trades go down. I love talking trades. This is going to be great. This is really going to spice up this portion of the segment. And we also had our first in-season waiver wire process this morning. So I'm excited to open that up, see who everyone picked up, see what changed. You know what? Let's actually start with the waiver wire. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go from least exciting to most exciting. All right. Opening up the recent activities here on my phone. I tell you freaking what, I, I hope Bush Light prevents thumb cramps because with all the activity we have going on in this league, I'm doing a lot of scrolling on this phone. Thumb's going to get a little bit tired. But I'm going to pause there. I'm going to say what? You know what? Proud commissioner right now. I love seeing the activity that we've had in this league. Looking at here, looking at the waiver wire, all owners are active. Looking at these trades, all owners are active. I think I'm in, what, three other leagues? Between those three other leagues, there might have been one other trade that's happened thus far this season. This week alone in the PHFFL, we've got three trades coming for you. That is a sign. Great, hungry owners. I'd put this ragtag group of owners up against any other group of owners out there. They would kick some ass. We would kick some ass. Go PHFFL. All right, and rant on that. Let's start with. <laughs> hadn't even thought about this yet, but we have a new team name right now, and we'll get to this why, but to be determined, uh, owner and GM by... Mount Daddy himself, last week's co-host. Looks like he kicked things off on the waiver wire this morning. Uh, picking up a little Traquan Smith. Uh, New Orleans, obviously with the news of Michael Thomas coming out, that he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. Might be missing some time. Not a bad idea. Traquan Smith, you know, not a bad idea to go get a weapon there in New Orleans. You got him, you got Sanders, you got Cook, you got Camaro out of the backfield. Traquan Smith, 
definitely could be the benefactor of seeing what you would imagine is going to be an uptick of targets in New Orleans. Uh, to get that, he cut himself from JJ, our, our Sega White side. I don't have much take on him. I think that guy's just a jag. If that, he belongs right where he is, out, out in the free agent pool. Uh, moving right along, sinners like me. Hey, I, I like what you did here, Dan. Went, I mean, here's a guy, uh, Corey, Corey Davis. I tell you what, here's a guy who was a first-round pick many years ago. People had kind of dubbed him Baby, baby T.O., has never really lived up with that hype. So part of that for me, um, I just don't think he's necessarily as good as what people thought he was coming out, but I still think he's good. I think part of his part of his issue was he had been paired with Marcus Mariota for his young career. That's not going to help anyone. That's not going to do anyone any favors. Even last year, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has came in. He has looked good, but that is a ground-and-pound offense. But I tell you what, Monday Night Football, Corey Davis, he was getting the looks, getting a lot of catches. Pretty sure he got over 100 yards. Open it up here. Yep, seven catches for 101 yards. At the end of the day, that's good play. I'm willing to roll dice on that. Who knows? You might have yourself this year's Devontae Parker. Might just be a break, a late breakout candidate is my, what Corey Davis might be. Um, got, got a few defensive pickups and drops here. Uh, the only one I'll highlight here is uh, Team Vitsum. It's a good thing you pulled the tie. I tell you what, I know the Vikings are your favorite team. You had him in your lineup. You were probably pumped to watch him go up against Aaron Rodgers and Packers. Hey, unfortunately, those young corners uh, that the Vikings have out there, the young secondary in general, they, they weren't stopping nobody. So, I mean, they uh, they had social distancing practicing out there. I, did someone need to tell them you don't need to practice social distancing on the field? They can cover a little bit closer from what they were doing on Sunday. But I do like, as much as I don't like this team, sorry, Quinn, I liked you picked up the Saints. That is a good, strong defense. Um, good things coming. Again, don't like them. I'm glad you cut the ties there with the Vikings. Streaming defense is important when you don't have someone that can hold it down. Uh, moving right along. Shit, we got uh, we got to be determined here again. Mouth Daddy out there picking up old man AP. You know, you won your three championships in Chapter 1 of the PHFFL. Adrian Peterson was a big reason because of that. So if I remember right, you brought him into the Powerhouse Fans Football League. I'm pretty sure that you had drafted him. My eyes, you own Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson's on your squad. You are struggling to fill a halfback two slot. AP, he scored 14.4 points last week on 14 attempts for 93 yards. Week one, I mean, shit, he had only been in uh, Detroit for, what, maybe 10 days? And probably not even that. So, I mean, to come in, get the work he did on an offense that I perceive is going to be good. I think that offense is going to have, I mean, granted, that that Bears uh, – Lions game, I had kind of hinted that I thought it was going to be more of a shootout. Didn't really get in the shootout territory, but I think the Lions offense has better days to come. And at the end of the day, yeah, I don't really probably want to touch backfield. That's three miles to feed, but Adrian Peterson showing he can still get it done. Not a bad idea. Put another dart into that cup of darts that you have trying to fill the halfback two slot. Uh, we got a few other defensive moves here, kicker moves. I don't got time for kickers. I'm not going to highlight kickers. Still like the moves going out there. Um, I will pause here. Girl has gone wild. Sam Harvey um, picking himself up some paint and barber. So um, if I'm not mistaken, you have Antonio Gibson on your squad too. Uh, probably a bit of a letdown week one. I still think long-term he's going to be the guy here. But in the meantime, while Washington figures that out, hey, Peyton Barber's a viable halfback. So, I mean, I, I know he, he was a Buccaneer for the past few years. He was always kind of a thorn, or he was a uh, thorn in the side of Ronald Jones being able to get on the field. The guy at the end of the day, he's reliable. He's not going to wow you, not going to excite you. But, you know, that non-wow and exciting, I mean, his stat line from week one, it, I mean, the, the talk about not being wow, not being excited. We only got 29 yards and 17 carries. doesn't matter when you fall in the end zone two times like that. Still good for 15 points. End of the day, I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy you're going to roll in your lineup, but shit, you, you, you might as well try to take roll the dice and see if you can't land the guy that's going to be the guy in that Washington backfield if there's going to be one. Um. Nasty Nate's great. Crazy active owner. Went and picked himself up a guy that just caught 100 yards this last week and Russell Gage, uh, third wide receiver there in ATL. Overall thoughts on Russell Gage? I, I think he's a talent, but I also do think he's the third option. With that said, I do think the Falcons are an offense that can have three relevant fantasy options. Is it going to be Russell Gage? Is it going to be Hayden Hurst? That I do not know. I do know I think Russell Gage last week was probably a benefactor of 
that being a shootout in terms of Matt Ryan and the Falcons having to play catch up and play track and field against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Uh, Tomcats, you're up, you're up next. Tommy B, see uh, you go out. Dwayne Haskins Jr., cut him. I like it. No, no, no need to have him holding up a roster spot. He's not going to be your answer long term at quarterback. Um, and you went and you got yourself a Packer. You got like that. Caught a long touchdown last week. I'm talking about none other than Marquez Valdez Scantling. So went out there, four catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think a couple of weeks ago, someone had asked Aaron Rodgers who had impressed him most in camp. There had been a lot of Alan Lazard hype up to that point. Lazard still had himself a nice day. Go clones. But MVS was the name that Rodgers actually dropped. If you got a guy that uh, catches Rodgers' eyes, not a bad deal. Add a Packer to your squad. Promising, promising wide receiver right there. Last one, Dan, looks like he just did it today. 8.57 this morning. Went and got yourself some Miles Boykin. Never a bad idea to get some shares in the Ravens offense. Didn't do a whole lot last week, but I have. Boykin's kind of been a guy the past couple years where there's always been a little bit of hype around him. Uh, That hype has been yet to be realized, but hey, not a bad idea to go ahead and get some pieces of that Ravens offense, which looks to be potent yet again this year. Um, with that, I mean, yeah, a lot of movement. Love seeing it. Uh, let, let's get into what I would consider the real excitement of the transaction episode. Shit, see, I'm already calling it a transaction episode. I mean, I think we're yeah, we're damn near 10 minutes in this yet. We're not, we just got off the waiver wire. Oh, what at the whistle? Got to get in these trades. Everyone's excited to hear the breakdown and thoughts on these trades. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, so we're going to start. We'll just do them and how they came through this week. So the first one we're looking at was between To Be Determined and Nasty Nate's Greats. I will also say this is the one that carried uh, – the least amount of noise carried the least amount of buzz around it. Um, for first glance, you just kind of think, all right, not really big names. We're getting tossed around here. Um, but but let, let me unpack you what I think happened here in this trade. So, I, I mean, what you got here is Hayden Hurst getting shipped from To Be Determined, uh, formerly known as Digs in a Blanket, to Nasty Nate's Greats, who packaged up and shipped away KJ Hamler. My very first thoughts on this is Nate. I love the fact that I'm pretty sure when Malcolm was here with me last week on the transaction show last week, we were talking about you going out and picking up KJ Hamler last week. So let's think about this. You went up and picked someone up for free that all of a sudden you had some equity in and you went ahead and you already cashed that equity in to try to shore up your tight end position. You know, I don't hate that at all. So, I mean, whenever you can do that, pick someone off that was on the waiver wire free for anyone to get just a week ago and then cash it in for another asset on someone else's team. Nice work out of you. So when I look at your squad now, I see we have Chris Herndon Herndon on there. I now see we have Hayden Hurst on there. Um, I like it. At the end of the day, none of these two guys are set in stone to be stud tight ends. So I'm glad, glad you've got both of them. So I'm a Chris Herndon guy, have been a Chris Herndon guy in the past. He's been off and on the boys fall squad. End of the day, the guy just can't seem to stay healthy. Or if he's get, or if he's not healthy, I'm pretty sure he's driving drunk. Pretty sure he had some DUI issues I had to deal with when he was on my squad. Had to cut him. Had to cut him loose. Had to do it. Whatever. Now he's on your squad. Um, and uh, I think Hayden Hurst will be the guy that you're going to roll out in that tight end spot. He definitely leveled up there with this trade. Um, we just got off talking about Russell Gage. Uh, who you also happen to be the one to pick up. So I had mentioned that I do think that Atlanta offense can definitely support and make three weapons viable in a fantasy world. Well, you got the two that I just highlighted, I think could be made viable, either Hayden Hurst or Russell Gage. If I was sitting at a poker table and I had poker chips and I had to push all my chips in, wrong analogy, we're not at a poker table. We are at a roulette table. So. We're sitting down at the roulette table. I have to choose. Instead of black or red, we have Russell Gage or we have Hayden Hurst. I'm going to go ahead and put my chips on Hayden Hurst to be the more consistent, week in, week out, viable third fantasy option there out of the Atlanta Falcons offense. So nice work out of you. Malcolm, I do not hate you going and acquiring KJ Hamler. So you already got yourself a good stacked crop of wide receivers there. Um, 
And I think you just add KJ Hamler as another potential prospect to, to that to that group of stacked wide receivers you got there. So I mean, right now, I haven't got much of an update on Cortland Sutton and his AC joint injury. Uh, and to the end of the day, KJ Hamler is in there. He's going to have some opportunities early and some potential. Drew Locke. I don't know if I'm a Drew Locke fan, but it seems like I might be in the minority. I think people are maybe sold on Drew Locke. If that's the case, having a young young wide receiver in KJ Hamler paired up with him is good. I'm pretty sure, no one quote me on this, I'm pretty sure KJ Hamler is a Penn State product. In general, I do like Penn State wide receivers. So this trade here, I'm going to say it's even. Both of you guys did what you had to do. Oh, I forgot one more thing I want to highlight. This also highlights the fact that Malcolm is sold. He's locked in. TJ Hawkinson, he saw another nice week one. Pretty sure he caught a touchdown last week. That was enough to give Malcolm the courage to go ahead and make this deal with Nasty Nate's great. Overall, nice workout, both you owners. Moving right along, familiar, familiar face here was involved in the last trade. It's yet again to be determined, um, trading with sinners like me here. So this one, this is why we have a team name now called To Be Determined. So it used to be Diggs in a blanket. Well, Diggs still might be in a blanket, but he's not in a blanket on Malcolm's team anymore. So he traded him and his first round pick from this last year, the rookie wide receiver, the rook. Justin Jefferson, LSU product for the Vikings now. Uh, Package Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson. Shipped them over for Juju Smith-Schuster to centers like me. Uh, I need to get a, I need to get a centers like me drop, Daniel. That way, every time I say centers like me, we get a stand in a long line of centers like me. Probably about that good, too. I think I kind of just nailed that there. Excited to listen to the playback on that and see how good I nailed it there. But let's move right along. Um, I'm going to say this is this is a perfect, perfect showcase and example of two owners understanding the stage that the other owner is at. So let me unpack that. Sinners like me, um, he knows it. He knows that I think he's in a bit of a rebuild type phase. And so what's he going to do? He's going to take some of his studs and he's going to level up for depth and build a foundation for the future. And he does just that here. So Juju Smith-Schuster has been a guy, um, a tale of a a few different seasons. I'd mentioned, I think, on the opening episode of the Race 3 podcast that I think Juju will be back with Big Ben. Looked looked good on Monday Night Football. Um, I was a little surprised his target share was a little bit less than I would have thought. But I think Juju Smith-Schuster being paired back with Big Ben, that's good. Big things coming for him. With that said, I love you going out and getting yourself some Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson. So I think Stefan will have a little bit of a step down this year due to the fact that he's just in a new system, not with the Vikings anymore, not with the Vikings anymore. With Josh Allen, I think I give Josh Allen too much grief. I think he might actually be a viable quarterback that can get fantasy-produced value out of both Stephon Diggs and John Brown. So I think long-term, Stephon Diggs and Juju will actually maybe become somewhat even. I will give the slight uptick to Juju and having potential. But that's where I like you went ahead and you got yourself another piece in Justin Jefferson, who I do really, really like. I don't know how much that's going to pay dividends this year, but yet again – you're not looking to play for this year necessarily. You're trying to build a foundation and build something strong in the future. Malcolm, I think you're chasing for a title. You're doing what you need to be doing, leveling up at a talent there. Overall, great trade, like like what we see here. Oh, I almost forgot too. There was a second round pick involved with this. Centers like me shipped that to, to be determined. Um, I don't have very many opinions on a second round, second round pick, um, spe- especially the year. Of COVID, I don't know. It, I guess, you know, Big Ten's playing now. For the most part, all the teams are going to be there. You're still going to get a lot of film on guys despite people sitting out. It'll just be an interesting draft. So not, nothing else. That's just kind of a throw in to get this deal done. So right along, this is, I would say, the blockbuster. So last one was good. That that one was blockbuster status. This one's even, even next level. So same concept here of two owners understanding where the other owner's at. We got Dirty Van Super Punters GM by Nick Lauterbaugh. Let's, let's be real here. He, he was runner-up last year. His team just dropped 170 points week one this week. Statement right out of the gate. 
what does he do? He realizes his window is now. He's pulling the move. He's making the trades on a win now, something that he thinks levels up and gets him a better starting roster right now. Sinners like me, same thing I said in the last trade. He understands he's rebuilding. He goes, he does something that gives him a little bit more, what I would say gives him a little bit more depth here to work with building off in the future. So uh, actually highlight trade, super punters shipped over Mike Evans, wide receiver, Tampa Bay. Need, needs no introduction. Debo Samuel, Samuel, wide receiver, San Francisco. A little banged up right now. I think actually maybe even potentially on the short-term IR. I'd have to look into that. And then Irv Smith Jr., second-year tight end in Minnesota. He packaged those up, shipped them over. He's getting in return Mike Gusecki, tight end of Miami Dolphins. Has been a steady drumbeat on Mike Gusecki in terms of being able to come out and have a good year there for the Miami Dolphins. Be interesting to see see what happens if that comes comes to fruition or not. Sinners like me does package, and this is kind of surprising. Trade trades his first round pick from last year, and his Hawkeye. That's why it surprises me. You know, near and dear to Dan's heart, ships over Noah Fant, left his heart out of it, making business decisions. I love it, and also ships over Ty- Tyreek Hill. So this is what I will say in this trade in general. Um, th- this is my perception. I don't know if this perception is reality or not. But Tyreek Hill is a guy that can blow up and absolutely take over a win a week for you. He's also a guy that can throw up a bit of a stinker, have a little bit of a quieter quieter week for you. Nick's team is built to a stand those weeks where he's not going to have the blow up. So Nick just added a high-octane piece, tied Patrick Mahomes' arm. Young, going to be tied Patrick Mahomes' arm for a while now. A guy that any given week could go off, get you high 20s, 30 points potentially on a week. That can win Nick a week. If he does have the stinkers, he's got a roster that can sustain that and take it in. I think Mike Evans, there's a little bit of that theme with him where he's great one week, not so great the other. I'm going to go ahead and say he's a little bit more consistent. I think that consistency will play through even more. Like the fact that you got him packaged with Debo Samuel there, Dan. Uh, good, good young wide receiver where I think there would be a little bit more hype if he wasn't on that IR slot. Um, tight ends, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think there's as much of a gap between Noah Fant and Irv Smith Jr. as you would potentially think long term. Uh, Noah Fant, I think, will be the better tight end this this year. Um, and that, that, that even gets gets you know to it to it even more. Um, you, you got two tight ends in this in this deal, Nick, and I, I've kind of been harping. I think in week one, I said the low point of your team was the fact that your tight end slot you were you were rolling Gronk out there. Well, now you're going to go ahead and kind of do that dart dart approach that Malcolm Day is trying to do with his halfback too, and you're going to try to fill and solidify that tight end slot with a uh, good 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 young tight end that could have a breakout year. So strong trade all around. I love it. We we are way past time on transactions. We're gonna have to ha- hammer down through here. Keep 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 these transactions going. I, I love seeing it. Love seeing it. Tr- tr- trades are good. Um, and fuck, I, I forgot draft picks again because they're not on here. But I do remember first round pick was involved here with Dan. That stays back to the theme of he's trying to build a long term play here, a foundation that he can build a beautiful beautiful winning organization on Oof-da. i tell you what what the whistle hold on yeah all right you boys that were involved in those trades you guys could write dynasty trading 101 book on how to get it done i tell you what a, a bestseller a lot of good trades out there i'll try to make an asterisk on draft picks that were involved next time because i kept forgetting didn't then show up on my damn phone Overall, though, the trades, they're all even. I think they benefited all squads. But it's time to get into the mailbag. The inbox. Inbox is full. It's full of mail. Um, waiver wires and transactions, they, they took a long time. So we're still going to knock out some mailbags. But we're only going to knock out one at the top of the show and then try to integrate some throughout. But, but don't, don't worry. Just because I'm not getting to them today, they're, they're still going to be in that inbox. I'll get to them throughout the season. We'll make sure we get your questions answered. So the the first question 
and I, I guess the only question we're going to answer in this session comes from the owner and GM of Nasty Nate Greats, owned and GM by Nathan Pierce himself, aka Nate Daddy. He would like to know, in what tune do I sing Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Is it in the tune of Jordan Sparks, No Air? Question <laughs> mark. Um, this is a great question, Nate. No air is a good recommendation, but I don't know if it has enough meat, you know, enough ah, enough bang to it. So this is what I'm going to go with. I can feel quite Edwards Hilaire's going touchdowns tonight. Hold on. And I've been waiting for this moment for all my life hold on can you feel glad edward's last going touchdown tonight so many touchdowns so many touchdowns <clears throat> crushed it crushed it feel bad that's twice you guys had to listen to me sing tonight gotta do what i gotta do Ratings, they might take a little bit of dip this week. We'll try to limit the singing in Commissioner Conlon. But mailbag question comes in. Mailbag question has to be answered. Moving right along to the meat of tonight's show. And as always, the meat of tonight's show is brought to you by TNT Barbecue. My cold, cold beer is right now wrapped so delicately and a nice TNT barbecue koozie. And I tell you what, the koozie is as good as the barbecue. Shrimp. You don't think about smoked shrimp, do you? Put two sticks of butter in it. Throw on a smoker for 30 minutes. Hot damn, is that some good smoked shrimp. That's TNT barbecue shrimp. This ain't no RGQ barbecue. This is TNT barbecue. Our meat is dynamite. Let's lift up the platter. I don't know if what we have on the platter tonight is shrimp. I think it's a little bit beefier than this. I'm going to go ahead and say this is a big old dino beef rib. Let's get into it. The meat of the night show. Two parts. We're going to try to hustle through the first part. I'm tracking behind here. As I said, was probably going to happen on the top of the show. The first part of the meat of tonight's episode is going to be a week one rewind. All right, I got the week one scoreboard up. We're not going to fixate too much on the past. We're just going to hit these things, give a little recap of what happened. Uh, week one, I'm just going to go right with how these are sat with me, and this actually integrates perfectly into another mailbag question that was thrown out there. A lot of people wanted to know this. First matchup we're going to discuss very, very quick is the Boys of Fall, first formerly known as Digs in a Blanket, to be determined. Boys of Fall ended up big, big week one. There was concerns on my end on do Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, do they have that connection right away against that matchup? The answer was yes, they certainly did. Hopkins, I think, had himself a record-setting day from reception. That ultimately catapulted me to the high score. I loved it, was loving it. Uh, Malk Daddy, he went ahead, he rolled the dice. He went ahead and plugged in Zach Moss. Zach Moss, he, he paid dividends compared to what Kerryon Johnson was going to do. So ended up getting in the end zone, found pay dirt, got him 11.7 points. Uh, end of the day, Malcolm's squad, I mean, it did really, really strong. What sunk his ship the most was Nick Chubb. To me, that was more of a game script scenario there where Cleveland was down. They were down earlier. That, that doesn't go as well for Nick Chubb. Really, you look across the board, his team did solid. Uh, noon game Sunday when Russell Wilson was going off, got him 43 points. I was a little bit nervous, and, and they, my, my team just crossed the board. Uh, it re really did just bring it. Um, that, that brought up the questions of a lot of mailbag questions of, did Malk Daddy do some sad drinking last Thursday night? Um I don't think he ended up doing that much sad drinking because it wasn't a huge, huge blowout. And not to mention, I think he was also excited. He nailed that parlay. So he he told you, he said, hey, I'm going to give you a little betting advice. Brian, I'm going to get the betting advice ahead of time. But he hit it. He hit his parlay. So now you got it. 
with that flips to me and my picks last week over two not pretty here i am i'm gonna eat some crow got some crow on my plate this ain't tnt barbecue this might be something archie q might have just smoked up crow don't taste good gonna, gonna bite that push it along that theme kind of stuck through with a lot of, a lot of my takes in terms of the spread uh, i think we hit two for four last week in the powerhouse league spread um but a lot of takes throughout the game i think we went so although Quinn, you called me out in my 0 for 2, and uh, you had mentioned can't wait to watch the rest of my picks go just as wrong. For the most part, they did. You you, you were right. So we're going to keep scooting along here. So boys of fall, they start out 1-0. One, one to be determined as of right now is 0-1. They put up 152 points still. They're still going to be a force to reckon with. Still looking good. Next game, Nasty Nate Greats first team, Vitsum. So this is one where we did. We both took the underdog to cover the spread with uh, – and Nasty Nate's great. And not only did he cover the spread, but he actually came out week one, threw up double middle fingers, I would say, to Commissioner Conley. He said, hey, I heard you episode one. I heard you episode two. Talking that bullshit about me being the 12th team in the league. Talking that bullshit about me putting the paper bag on. Nuh-uh, not going to happen. What's he come out and do? He comes out a very, very strong 131.8 points. Team Vitsums, 126.35. I don't know if we had a little more creativity on the team name. Maybe the team tries a little bit. Maybe they hustle a little bit. I don't know. Maybe you should consider that, Alex. But we'll look at the squad for me with Nasty Nate's great. Um, I mean, he, he he did this with catching himself a goose egg from Blake Jarwin. Not a true goose egg, but a goose egg in terms of he tore his ACL after only scoring two points. That's rough to, to come back against. But you did it, and you did it on the arm of Matt Ryan going out, slaying it, getting you 32 points. He was throwing it to the receiving end of Jamison Crowder. Crowder had himself a good day. So, I mean, there was a lot of talk this offseason that this guy's easily going to catch 100 balls. I don't know. He comes out, looks great week one, scores you 24.5 points. I had mentioned I thought you were going to cover the spread because of Jonathan Taylor, Jay Taylor. He didn't blow up like I thought he would. Brought you into a solid 15 points. Big part of that is the fact that Marlon Mack is now out of the picture there in Indianapolis. I won't try to fixate on it too much, but I think that breakout obviously has just been ramped up big time for you, Nate. You have to be excited about that. Alex, your squad with Josh Jacobs was going on and Chris Carson were going off. I mean, you started out great there. 35.9 points out of Josh Jacobs. I'm telling you, we're talking top five fantasy halfback here this year. I mean, shit, he's going to be up there, I think, in contention, contention to be the top fantasy player this year. That's my take on him. That has been my take this offseason. Week one, we're going to try not to overreact too much, but I like what I saw. Chris Carson, it's kind of weird, 24.6 points. First, you're, oh, you're pumped up. You're excited about it. Very interesting. His usage was limited. Again, I'm thinking that's a game script issue. Seattle got up big. They got up big on with Russell Wilson going hashtag Russ Cook or whatever the hell the hashtag is. Apparently was a real thing. They listened that apparently you tweet things with a hashtag. It happens. Um, that's great to see. Uh, I told you I would sit Cam Newton for Jared Goff. Glad you didn't listen to me. Jared Goff went and shit the bed with 13.25 points on Sunday night football. Cam Newton, I mean, he looked real solid. It looks like, in my mind, that Bill Belichick has already made the determination that he's going to run him into the ground almost like halfback. He's going to take. He's going to just go ahead and let him run. 27.25 points. Got to like that. Good things to come. Nasty Nate's great. You cheer, man. You've been an active owner. You're out there doing things. That got you into victory lane. Team Vitsum, better luck next week. Scooting on another. This one is one you got to give props to Malk Daddy. He called it. He called for the upset here, outright upset from the underdog, Jerry's Kids. And boy, did Jerry's Kids deliver with 150.15 upset over Sam Harvey's Girlies Gone Wilds with a score of 119.8. Arv, I put my eggs in your basket. You let me down, but that's okay. It's week one. Let's not worry about it. Let's see why this happened. Uh, interesting. First thing I see, the reason I thought that was going to be a runaway, Leonard Fournette. Chad, you put up 150 points with Leonard Fournette, dropping you 2.9 points. That's tough to come by. You didn't care. Your team fought through it on the legs of Zeke Elliott, on the leg and arms of Lamar Jackson. They came out. They had great days. And the unlikely hero, Sammy Watkins, he set the party off right for your squad on Thursday night. You got to like that. 
had a huge week one last year. Is there more to come? Roll the dice. I mean, he's tied to Patrick Mahomes. I'm willing to roll those dice. That stack we had talked about last week with Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, that thing came through big for you. Overall, very, very good week one out of the squad. You have to be encouraged with what you saw. Better days to come for Leonard Fournette as he gets more integrated into that offense. As for you, Harv, Antonio Gibson, I had some hopes for week one for him. He let you down a little bit. He let you down a little bit with only getting 6.4. Better days to come for him. I don't know if I would stick with the lineup this week. Interested to once we get into the week two preview, what you have for a decision there. Uh, overall, when I just look through the rest of the squad for what happened for you, um, just no one really popped or blew up. So you didn't you didn't have the huge 36 points or 27 points like Chad had. You had average to a bit below average. I mean, you don't like seeing George Kittle only getting you 9.3 points. That's not what you expect out of him. Understanding he has a sprained knee or something like that going on there. I'm assuming that had something to do with it. Um, DJ Shark, he gave you just an average day again. Across the board, everyone was just about average for it. DK Metcalf had that nice long touchdown. It just, just wasn't enough to get it done when Chad had his studs go off, and they did go off. The Tomcats and the OBJYN, we're talking another upset here. So the Tomcats, they come out, and they take the defending champion down a peg out of the gates with 126.4 to 110.75 victory. Let's look at this. Let's let's hit the box score. What causes? And shit, again, same theme with what we saw out of Chad's squad. We have a halfback here. Pretty crazy to go out and have these big upsets when you have halfbacks that just kind of shit the bed on you. James Conner only getting you 3.7 points. I've highlighted a couple times, a little nervous on your halfback situation. James Conner banged up. Avion Bell banged up. Sounds like Bell's going to be out for a while. But we highlighted, we loved the fact last week you had picked yourself some up some Benny Snell Jr. Shit, he already came in. And from the eye test, for me watching that game, he looked like a good halfback. Don't know what's going to come with James Conner's ankle. They've been kind of iffy on if he's there or if he's going to be the guy this next week or not. Benny Snell Jr. I think is going to pay dividends sooner than expected. And his mouth daddy highlighted last week. Likely going to end up being a good long-term play for you. Really, I cannot glaze over how did you get this 126 points. This had to be like a – this is a tough pill to swallow for you, Ben. I know how this feels. So, Mr. Nielsen is a Packer fan. He had to sit there and cheer on the Tomcats. Devontae's Adams scoring 41.6 points just going off, assuming – Ben, he was probably happy he was going off for his Packers. Sprung him to a win against the Vikings. End of the day, put you in your coffin in this game here. Let's look at your squad. What happened? I'm I'm just gonna move right to right right to Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know what's going on with this guy. Can he return turn to glory with Baker Mayfield underneath the helm? Baker needs to step it up. He needs to show me something. He has a chance to show something tonight against Cincinnati Bengals. I'm gonna not try to overreact. I'm going to keep it the theme of not trying to overreact. Let's see what happens tonight on Thursday night football to see if you need to start hitting the panic button a little bit with the OBJ situation. Say, Quan, you could ask the same thing. Hit the panic button there. No, that Steelers front looked fierce. The guy never even had a chance. In a game where he never really even had a chance, he still was able to put up 12.6 points for in the halfback slot. Much better than we've seen some of the other teams highlight. And then just after that, same theme we kind of had with Harv. You just – no one really hit that top end blow up. So on Thursday night football, Patrick from home's got 28.55. That's great. I thought that was setting off your team off right for the week. No one else came along for the ride. No one else came along for the party. They had tired COVID legs. That led you to 0-1. The game of the week last week. This was America's game of the week. East Brown and down. Quinn Pels against Show Me Where You Shit From. Owned and GM by Jake Meyer. Quinn, despite... Me going with Jake goes ahead and he pulls up the victory 118.65 to 100.45. Let's look at what happened. Glad you didn't take the Deshaun Watson and Drew Brees advice last week. Deshaun Watson after Thursday is like, ah, oh, maybe there's a chance. He still slapped his way in with a touchdown around the 25.35 points, which did best Drew Brees by five points. So Good thing you stuck to your guns. More than likely, you didn't hear the show until after the fact. Other than that, highlight Adam Thielen. He went off and he got you 31 points. That's going to spring you to victory. 
Nothing really else to highlight there. Devontae Parker, keep an eye on that in the flex with his injury. Again, drew a tough matchup with Gilmore last week. Nothing you can really expect for that. Jake, all those changes we had highlighted last week, some of that reared its ugly head. So Austin Eckler with Tom Brady no longer has checked down Phil. Phillip Rivers loves throwing it to his halfbacks. Tyrod Taylor, not as much apparently. Promising sign is Eckler did get a lot of carries. Not really what you would think would happen with him. But I think more catches are to come. At the end of the day, he gave you a stinker with less than 10 points. A whole middle of your squad here, you ain't expecting Michael Thomas to get 4.7 points. Buccaneers might have locked down corner. Carlton Davis Jr., he's here. And unfortunately, Michael Thomas hurt himself. That's going to be an issue for you for the next couple of weeks, a high ankle sprain. Plus side is, we talked about, is Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay's situation you got cooking? Is that going to keep you in the muck? Sounds like Philip Lindsay's out of the picture here for a little bit while yet. I don't know exactly what his injury or what the long-term play is. Melvin Gordon had himself a nice little night for you with 15.6 points. Hopefully should be a viable guy going for you in the future. He's brown down. Welcome to Victory Lane. Enjoy it for the week. And now the last one, Dirty Van Super Punters statement. Puts a statement out week one. Sinners like me, unfortunately, was on the receiving end of this statement game. So Dirty Van Superbunders, again, owned and GM by Nick Lauterbaugh, drops 172 points week one. against sinners like me, 113.55. Another one where I was way off, thought Dan could keep in with that 15-point spread because I was a little worried about Mike Evans and Rob Gronk in your roster, Nick. You so wisely had Mike Evans on the bench. And you had loaded it up then with Calvin Ridley and Robbie Anderson. And boy, did they pay dividends for you. So Calvin Ridley, I'm thinking we may have one of those seasons where he overtakes a little bit. I'm not going to say overtakes Julio, but he gets in that category of potentially being a half uh, wide receiver one territory. Very similar to the Chris Godwin, Mike Evans scenario we had last week or last year, I should say. Robbie Anderson, he went off for you too. Teddy Two Gloves, I heard a stat somewhere where he threw it downfield more than any quarterback in the league in week one. That's not what you expect out of Teddy Two Gloves. Robbie Anderson was obviously a benefactor of that. Last thing I'll highlight is Christian McCaffrey. He's Christian McCaffrey. had a great game. David Johnson, he looked pretty solid. That game didn't really go game flow for him. He looked solid. Got you damn near 20 points. Josh Allen, 35 points. Got to like that. Moving right along, centers like me. What happened? What went wrong here? Really, those wide receivers that are no longer on your squad, they both gave you a good week. Uh, no fan gave you a good week. He's not on your squad anymore. So, I mean, that, that, that part of your roster is gutted when I look at what else you have on here. Things just weren't cooking for you. Um, we had mentioned maybe sitting Deshaun Jackson for a potential up play of Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller would have been the right decision there, but I know that touchdown came in slop time. Nothing really about that. Don't really have any more takes here, but there you go. There you have it. Half you guys are happy at 1-0. Half you guys are sad at 0-1. No one overreact. A lot of season left. Hell's bells. We are now going to get into the week two game. So we are sitting at, let's look at the clock here. We're roughly 45 minutes into this podcast. I got to get cooking. We got to crack another cold one. A little change up in the game here. So the old mini fridge behind me, no more bush life. There's cores. Mountains are blue. Let's uh, sanity check. Let's taste it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is good. Not bad. So let's let's dive into week two. So like I said, week one, this happens, this happens every year. We, as human beings, were wired to overreact. No, 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 no reasons, no reasons to overreact here. So let's just, let's write the ships. Let's figure out what went wrong week one, make the corrections and move right along. Just like we're going to do, move right along into our first matchup that we are going to highlight of week two, which is a show me where you ship from showdown for sinners like me, Jake versus Dan. Jake is a projected favorite right now from ESPN to Beat the new look centers like me, 120.1 to 104.5. Let me open up the matchup here and give you a breakdown and my thoughts of what is going to happen in this game. All right, this is going to be a bit disheartening for the crew, 
but I, I am going to have to fly, fly through these things. So as I open up the app here, show me where you ship from sinners like me. I'm just going to give my spread pick. Going to try to save face on that two and four pick last, last week. And I'm going to tell you what time slot this was set at. Uh, Jake's team projected 120.1 to 104.5, 15 point favorite for show me where you ship from. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and put the money on centers like me and cover that spread this week yet again. Don't burn me twice, twice in a row, Dan. This is going to be a noon game on Sunday. Next game up. This is a big, big game. Super Bowl rematch. Powerhouse Fans Football League Championship rematch, excuse me, from last year. The OBJYN versus Dirty Van Super Punters. I'm a big, big believer of things returning to the norm or regressing back to the mean, so back to the average. The OBJYN, below average performance last week. The Dirty Fan Super Punters, huge performance last week. That's going to correct itself a little bit. The spread set to be the OBJYN being an eight-point favorite. I'm going to go ahead and say Dirty Fan Super Punters cover that. Very, very close, close game. But I'm going to say the OBJYN wins outright in what I am calling Monday night football. Get excited for it. Set your TiVo. You're not going to want to miss that one. Next up, East Brown and Down versus the Tomcats. So this is another tight game. Man, this is a tough week, too. So we got two 1-0 squads coming out of of last week. Two teams wanting to be 2-0. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to say that East Brown down covers that 2.3 point spread. The reason I say that sticking to the theme of regressing to the means Devonte Adams, he was your engine. He was your driver last week, regressing him down back to average. He's still going to have a great week, but it's not going to be enough to overcome East Brown down and they cover moving right along. The team Vitsum and girlie's gone wild. Just had a matchup of two one and O teams. We got two teams that are zero and one. No one wants to start the season out. Oh, and two. This one is nuts hair close, as close as you can get. This is going to be America's game of the week with a projection of 120.5 to 120.7. That's a 0.2 spread. This is a pick 'em game. If I'm going to roll the dice and pick 'em, I've already made the mindset and the strategy that I think Team Vitsum is an in the money team. I think Gurley's Gone Wild is anywhere from toilet bowl to paper bag range. I think. I'm coming up on that paper bag a little bit hard. I think it might be a little harder than the team. I'm sticking with my take earlier. And with that and because of that and my my how I like Josh Jacobs and those halfbacks, Team Vitsum's going to win outright this week and cover that point two spread. On to the next one. To be determined right now, Taylor Malcolm, we got to determine that. Get you a real team name. Another tight, tight game this is nuts I, I, the 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 schedule setters they're doing great here in week two versus jerry's kids projected to get 121.9 so we got another essentially pick them game here with a one point spread if i'm picking them i'm gonna go ahead uh jerry's kids is one and oh to be determined's own one i don't see to be inter- determined starting out oh and two i'm gonna say these guys are both 500 coming out next week to be determined, Mount Daddy wins what I'm going to dub a pick'em game. And the last one we're going to highlight here of the week, the last one is Nasty Nate's Great, projected at 116.7 to the Boys of Falls, 146.8. So we are sitting at a 30-point spread. Again, last week I thought 27 was too rich. 30 to me is also too rich. I'm a big believer things regress to the mean. My team went off last week, sticking with the theme of regressing the mean. We're going to come down back to earth a little bit. Jonathan Taylor likely going to be in for a good workload against Minnesota. I said he was going to be the reason he kept it tight last week. I think he's going to keep it tight for you again this week. Interested to see what your new addition of Hayden Hurst does on the squad. Ooh, I, tell, I tell you, what, I feel like I cheated the owners a little bit with how quick we had to go through those week two previews. For that, I apologize. We'll try to tighten things up next week, get you more analysis on the weeks coming ahead. With that, some exciting news I want to drop on you guys. Uh, 
when you tune in next week on episode four, I'm going to have a co-host sitting with me again next week. So someone to take some of the load, some of the burden off me so I can wet my whistle a little bit more uh, throughout the podcast episode. Someone keep me on point. Someone keep me on track. Obviously, I need it. Last thing we're going to cover, Thursday night football tonight. We've got a AFC North showdown with the Cleveland Browns against the Cincinnati Bungles. Uh, the Browns are six point favorite and the over under is 44 and a half. So I'm going to try to going to try to save face, going to try to make up for my 0 and 2 last week. I'm going to go ahead and say Cincinnati covers that six points. I actually think they have a hell of a chance to win outright. Total consensus of 44 and a half. That's low. Go ahead, take the underdog, take the over, parlay that. Good chance we go 0-2. That's not going to happen. We're going to go 2-0. With that, it's been a pleasure coming to you guys through the airwaves yet again. I look forward to coming with at you guys again next week on the Race to 3 podcast with a co-host. Uh, in the meantime, have a great week, too. Enjoy the football. Go out there. Get a W. Keep the activity up. Cheers. Money home.